are listening to Young Life Interrupted, a podcast dedicated to 20 to 40-something caregivers. I'm your host, Adrian Glussman, change maker and professional speaker on the topic of millennial caregiving and a former caregiver to my mom who battled multiple system atrophy. I'm a former corporate gal turned entrepreneur with a passion for filling a huge need I saw during my 10-year care journey that finding your tribe and connecting with them regularly is essential, and that resources exist for caregivers, but not tailored specifically to young ones. I help young caregivers find community and connection to support them through every step of their care journey. Now, I'm ready to share stories, insights, and tips with you here week after week. Caregiving at our age is your unfair advantage. So if you're looking for support, you're in the right place. Let's kickstart today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Young Life Interrupted. I am so happy to be back kicking off a bunch of new episodes. It is currently April of 2023 recording this episode and I can't say how happy I am to be back on the microphone, coming into your ears, and just bringing you so much more amazing content, not only stories from my personal perspective, from my 10 plus years of being a young caregiver to my mom, uh, but also bringing you the perspectives of other young caregivers that you'll be able to relate to along with experts in different areas of caregiving who will really help to bring the whole caregiving journey full circle. And I just want to take a moment just to say thank you. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for taking the small amount of precious self-care alone time that you have to put on this podcast, um, to engage with the content. And I truly hope that in every single episode that you're able to find just a little golden nugget where you feel like I'm talking directly to you or a lesson that you feel like you can take away or something you've learned that you didn't know or just purely the validation of knowing that you're not alone and there is someone, me, and people tons of young caregivers who are either going through something similar to what you're going through or have gone through it. And we are all here to support you. You don't have to go through this caregiving journey alone. I urge you not to go through this caregiving journey alone. And just know that all you have to do is reach out for support because it's there if and when you're ready for it. So that said, I would love to dive into today's topic. And today I want to talk about learning to be kind and compassionate with yourself while caregiving. Now, speaking of today's topic on being kind and compassionate to ourselves, let me just kick off by saying I need this episode just as much as you do. So being kind and compassionate to yourself obviously can play into so many different areas of your life. It can be your personal life, uh, your professional life, your relationships with like your significant others, your children, your family, co-workers, friends, and more importantly, uh, in your role as a caregiver. And there's really a huge difference between 
our ability to be compassionate for others and compassionate for ourselves or self-compassion. It's so strange because you ask my family, you ask my friends, is Adrienne a compassionate person? Does she have the ability to exhibit compassion for others, whether it's people, animals, whatever the situation might be? And I guarantee you that I would be one of the people at the top of their list for someone that they could truly say has the ability to be compassionate does things to help others, is compassionate and understanding and listens and all of the things, right? And I honestly think that a lot of people would be super surprised to know that I really don't have any self-compassion for myself. I am so incredibly hard on myself. I self-sabotage in almost every single area of my life. And I am my own worst critic. I mean, I know that's so cliche. We're always our own worst critic. But I honestly think that people would be super surprised to know I do not know how to be kind to myself and compassionate. And this was a theme all through my life, whether it was like in school, I was super, super hard on myself and I would beat myself up if I wouldn't get a certain grade on something if I went out for like a club or like a position and I didn't get it, I danced my whole life. So if I made like the tiniest little mistake in dance, I mean, I would beat myself up to a T. It's a horrible quality and it affected me through my whole life. So imagine now stepping into my role as the caregiver, the solo caregiver for my mom. Oh my gosh. Now here's this entire new phase of life. This whole new person to be responsible for, all of these new things to learn, all of these new things to have to put in place and execute on and remember and try to do well, because it wasn't only for the well-being of myself, it was for the well-being of my mom. And not having had any kids at the time, I didn't know really what it was like to care for someone else. So imagine now I started caregiving at 29 years old. Almost 29 years of just being incredibly hard on myself in all of these other areas of life. And now here I am, a 29-year-old caregiver, like holy S. Talk about how my lack of self-compassion really, really was impacted by my role as a caregiver. I mean, I would literally say that I'm the queen of self-sabotage in every area of my life. Like, it's it's bad. And I can imagine that maybe some of you can relate. Uh, whether it's, I mean, even with Young Life Interrupted, I'm going to be very candid and transparent. I love this platform. I love supporting all of you as young caregivers because I've walked in your shoes before. But it's like, I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't have doubts about starting this podcast. Like, who would ever listen to me? Like, who am I to talk to people about my experience as a young caregiver and just self-sabotaging the opportunities that I've had to be able to reach you, to be able to reach other young caregivers, to be able to provide resources and support? You guys, I would be a million years further ahead with this Young Life Interrupted platform. There would be so many more resources out there for you if I just didn't self-sabotage the heck out of myself. So when I became a caregiver, it was just 
toxic. It was super toxic because as I know that you can relate to, I expected myself to be the perfect caregiver. I expected myself to be the A plus caregiver because Adrian was always the A student. Adrian always got what she went out for. Adrian always overachieved. Remember like when you were younger and you got those awards like in elementary school? I don't know if your school did that, but there would always be an award ceremony at the end of the school year, and there would be all kinds of like random awards that the teachers would make up, but one consistent award was always going the extra mile. And lo and freaking behold, I always got the going the extra mile award, like the always going above and beyond, right? So imagine now going above and beyond in caregiving, like what does that even mean? But that was the expectation I put on myself. Going above and beyond in learning all of the things about multiple system atrophy, that's the disease my mom had, going above and beyond and learning all about the things that were going on with my mom and the thinking that I could just somehow make it better, even though my mom wasn't even able to communicate to me certain things that she was feeling or internal changes that she was experiencing. Going above and beyond in thinking that I just needed to be the perfect caregiver from the way that I physically cared for my mom to being able to manage doctors, to being able to manage insurance companies, um, I mean, you name it, being able to manage it and manage it well so that it would best serve my mom, right? But we're only human. And we especially know in this caregiving journey, a lot of shit goes wrong. Like, excuse my French, but a lot of stuff goes wrong, especially when you strive so hard to make it right. So what I always say now, and that I tell other young caregivers, like, Screw trying to be an A-plus caregiver because I can tell you right now, if you are striving to be an A-plus caregiver in your role, you are not serving yourself with self-compassion. You are only making this journey even harder on yourself because you're not just balancing caregiving. You might be a spouse. You are balancing a significant other. You might even be caring for your significant other. You might be balancing children family, siblings, a job. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So I always tell people, let it go. I didn't let it go. And it brought me a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, literally. So try to have a little bit more self-compassion for yourself and your role as a caregiver by striving to be a C caregiver. A C. What is a C? Average, right? And a lot of you might be thinking, but but my significant other doesn't deserve average or my, my grandparent or my mother or whoever you care for, my father, they don't deserve average. They deserve the best. Of course they deserve the best. Trust me, my mom was my best friend. And I think that's why I always strive to be that A-plus caregiver. And I sacrifice that self-compassion for myself because I said, my mom deserves the best. My mom should get the best. My mom will get the best, not only from me, but from her care team and from every single person in the medical field that I come into contact with, she will get the best. Talk about the pressure that I put on myself. Talk about the lack of self-compassion that I had for myself. When a medical professional didn't do their job the way that they were supposed to, when getting on the phone with the insurance company or the pharmacy and they didn't live up to the expectation that I had for them. I mean, imagine how I felt. 
Now, imagine if I would have just taken a couple steps back and said, you know what? It's okay that this didn't go right. It's okay that this isn't working out this way. There must be a reason for it. Like, it's okay that the doctor's appointment didn't go as planned. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I think another layer to my self-compassion, which I also think a lot of you might be able to relate to, and as my husband could tell you very clearly, I'm very controlling. And I never really knew this about myself, but especially going through all of these phases of life up until this point, especially going through my 10 plus year care journey, I have come to realize that like I thrive on being in full control of every situation. And you know, it's like I'm married now, like wanting to take control of certain situations. I have a stepdaughter now wanting to take control of like certain things as as it relates to her life. In caregiving, I wanted to have control over everything. And I bet you're laughing and saying like, yeah, that's pretty freaking ridiculous because you really don't have control over much in caregiving, right? Like you really just don't. Specifically, you don't have control over what all the other people are doing. You don't have control over the progression of your loved one's disease. And you sure as hell don't have control over the fact that you're a caregiver, right? But what you do have control over is being a little bit more kind to yourself, being a little bit more understanding when things don't go right, being a little bit more compassionate when something goes wrong. So I think my biggest, if you're going to take away anything from this episode, if you are performing at an A-plus level caregiver, or at least telling yourself to and putting yourself through all that extra pressure and stress, strive to be a C caregiver. So now kind of going back to the whole idea of, you know, having self-compassion. You know, we all do and say things that we feel ashamed of in caregiving. I mean, I can't even tell you the countless number of times that I lashed out at my mom verbally, um, just from pure frustration as a caregiver, from pure frustration at the situation. Like, I lashed out at my mom and verbally. I just want to make that clear. It was always verbal. And I have a temper and I felt terrible because here was my poor, hopeless mom, right? And There was nothing she could do about it. Like she wasn't trying to make me miserable. She wasn't trying to frustrate me. Like legitimately her disease did not allow her to communicate. It did not allow her to do anything for herself. So there were many times, as I know that you all can relate to, that I lashed out at my mom. And I was hella ashamed of lashing out at her. And it was just this constant cycle. Lash out, feeling ashamed. Lash out, feeling ashamed. You know, and... Because of that, what I've come to learn is that in order to fully heal from our mistakes, because we all make mistakes, I could, there's so many mistakes I made in caregiving. I mean, I made mistakes, huge mistakes that it took me a long time to come to terms with in terms of my mom's care. You know, mistakes in that I was so selfish and I was really only thinking about myself, like, why would why does my mom have to go into hospice? She's not dying. I don't want to hear the H word when her doctor mentioned hospice over a year before she actually 
had to go into hospice and then died a week and a half later. Um, I made the mistake of just not wanting to see my mom in a hospital bed, even though her private aides, even though I knew like she desperately needed a hospital bed because everybody had to do everything for her, lift her, turn her, all the things. But I pushed off getting her a hospital bed because I was selfish and I didn't want to see it. I made so many mistakes in caregiving, just like I've made so many mistakes in life, right? But I've also kind of come to terms with it and starting to have more self-compassion for myself. Because what would I tell a friend in this situation? You know what, friend? It's okay. You're only human. Nobody expects you to be perfect. Nobody expects you to make all the right choices on behalf of someone else. Nobody expects you to get it right all the time. Nobody expects you to constantly be able to give your full energy, your full attention, your full all the things as a caregiver. So just take a deep breath and have some compassion. I mean, my husband says it all the time. Like when he's stressed out or something, something's going wrong with him, this is the advice that I give him. And he oftentimes says to me, why don't you ever take your own advice? Like even when I was in caregiving and I'm crying to him about everything going on, he's like, Adrian, why don't you just take your own advice for a second? So think about how many times you've given that type of advice to a friend or a family member going through something really rough. And it's like, why can't we then in turn apply this advice to ourselves? So maybe that's the learning here, right? Maybe it's in those moments where we're not feeling compassion for ourselves in our care journey. Maybe we think about the advice that we just gave a friend or family member, or maybe the advice that we would give a friend or family member in this situation. So because self-compassion is something that we have to strive for on a daily basis in our care journey, I wanted to just talk through some of the best ways that I have found to really keep top of mind to try to cultivate self-compassion in our lives and as a part of our care journey, as we go through our day-to-day as a caregiver. So first and foremost, it's all mindset, you guys. As you know, like the brain is so incredibly powerful and it's super hard to lift ourselves up and try to maintain some semblance of a positive mindset during caregiving. You know, I can sit here now after caregiving and say, yeah, you know, do your best to have a positive mindset. Like, you got this. But I lived it for 10 plus years. Like, I know that more often you're not going to have a positive mindset. That more days than not, your mindset's going to be crap. You're going to be thinking the worst. The glass is going to be half empty because how is it possible to think positive? How is it possible to have a mindset with a positive spin in the situation that you're in. But for me, learning to have more self-compassion when it came to caregiving really started with learning to change my thoughts, focusing on the fact that these certain behaviors was bad for me. And once I started opening up and starting to label this behavior, like the small little things that I would do instead of focusing on myself as a whole, I slowly started to be able to become a little bit kinder to myself and open my mind up to the possibilities that I could make changes and that maybe things wouldn't be so bad if I just took it down a couple notches, if I just released some of the control, 
if I just took some more deep breaths and strive to be more of that C, that average caregiver, and that that was okay. A second way was learning to speak and think kindly about myself. Now, I just admitted to you guys before, because this is a very transparent podcast, and, you know, so long in my life, I was very unwilling to admit my faults, to admit my shortcomings. But now it's like, why not share them? Why not admit them? And one of those big things that I even experience now is speaking and thinking kindly of myself. Like I, t- I said before, I am the queen of self-sabotage. Like when something would go wrong in caregiving, even if it was out of my control, I would blame myself, right? I would ultimately spin it and turn it back to you. What could have what, what I could have and should have done differently. And you guys, let's be honest, more often than not, I couldn't have done anything differently. But because I put so much pressure in myself as a caregiver, I just manipulated my mindset to think, well, Adrian, this is all your fault. Like if you wouldn't have procrastinated, if you would have got her to the doctor sooner, if you would have got her to the hospital sooner, if you would have tried to get her on this medication sooner, if you would have started her in PT sooner, if you would have done this, like, I mean, you guys, I drove myself mad, and I'm sure that you can relate. You know, it's not only speaking positively about myself, you know, when people would say, man, Adrian, you're doing a really great job as a caregiver. Oh, yeah, but I could do better, right? How many of you do that? You know, you get a bit of a praise from somebody that you know, and then you just automatically spin it, but it could be better, but I could do better, but I could be better, instead of just saying, you know what? Hell yeah, like, I am doing a good job. Like, I really am. And calling myself things like crazy or, you know, that I just wasn't a good daughter for like X happening or Y happening. I wasn't a good caregiver. Oh my God, my mom's life is going to end sooner than it should because of all these things that I couldn't couldn't do right. It's like talking to myself, as if I was talking to my worst enemy instead of talking the way that I would talk to my best friend. And I have to still remind myself of that to this day because the negative self-talk is real. So please, in the throes of caregiving, don't blame yourself. Try to have compassion. Try to remember that conversation that you would have with your best friend or your family member that advice that you would give them. I guarantee you you wouldn't tell them that what they were doing was wrong. I guarantee that you wouldn't tell them that that they made the most horrendous mistake ever. Instead, you would say, it's okay. You made a mistake. Learn from it and move forward. Forgiving ourselves for our mistakes. I touched on this a little bit earlier. You know, forgiveness is extremely vital for self-compassion. We all make mistakes, but if you're anything like me, we don't all forgive ourselves for them. Depending on the kind of mistake that we've made, it can be a very daunting task to try to forgive ourselves. But instead of just shrugging it off or excusing the behavior or the action, just start apologizing for it, both to yourself and to others. You know, I was alluding to earlier, you know, when I would have these verbal lash outs at my mom and Probably like five minutes later, I would apologize to her. I would apologize to her. Now, what I wouldn't do is apologize to myself. Instead, I would go down this dark spiral pattern 
where I just blamed myself. Like, how could you? How could you lash out at your mom again? How could you make her feel this way when she's already going through so much? So don't do what I did. Don't just apologize to the other person, but really also apologize to yourself. Have that bit of self-compassion that you made a mistake. You're human. You've had a really freaking hard day and shit happens. It happened. But maybe in the future, when you find the anger starting to boil up or you find yourself getting a certain way, instead of lashing out, you'll step out of the room. That's what I started doing. Whenever I started feeling my anger and my frustration with my mom just boiling up, I had to literally just step out of the door frame. I had to remove myself from the current situation, take some deep breaths, allow myself to process the feelings, and then go back into the room. And I can honestly tell you that technique worked wonders. So another way to start trying to practice a little bit more self-compassion is spending the time doing things that you truly enjoy. Now I hear what you're saying, like where the hell is the time? I'm a full-time caregiver and I'm a mom and I'm a spouse and I have a full-time job. Like where am I supposed to get the time to do anything that I truly enjoy? And I also get that, conversely, enjoying activities that you truly love can also seem like something that you don't deserve, right? But each and every one of us, we deserve to engage in joyful and uplifting, exciting experiences. And allowing yourself to experience true, authentic happiness means taking time from your life to do something that you love. And that is a true act of self-compassion for yourself. And it doesn't even have to be these massive things, right? Like you can do small things every day to show yourself little acts of self-compassion, whether it's taking a little bit of time to meditate in the morning, whether it's writing in a gratitude journal, just like reflecting on maybe like things that you're grateful for, whether it's taking a little bit of walk, whether it's getting out in nature, whether it's asking a friend if they can just come over and sit with your loved one just so maybe you can go take that yoga class or you can just get out and and do something and think about something other than caregiving. Just try to find, even if it's five minutes of time, to take something that you love and practice it every single day. You know, another very important part of self-compassion is taking care of your mind and body because truly that's one of the most compassionate things that you can do for yourself. I mean, fill your mind and body with positive things like healthy foods, good conversation, wisdom. Again, I know it's super hard in caregiving. Like oftentimes, like we are so exhausted at the end of the night, like We're not trying to like saute up some grilled kale and saute some grilled chicken breast and feed our bodies with healthy foods. Like we're just trying to shovel something in our mouths because we're exhausted. We know that we have to eat something and we're just like ready to crash out in bed. But being aware of taking care of our body, right? Taking care of our mind. Part of taking care of our mind is that practicing of that positive self-talk. It's taking time to meditate. If you don't even meditate, it's honestly just taking time for yourself to just sit in silence or maybe it's popping some earbuds into your ears and re- and listening some to some relaxing music. Or if you're like me, maybe it's putting some upbeat music on and like dancing around and just getting the energy out. Whatever it is, show yourself compassion 
by taking care of your body, by taking care of your mind, which will ultimately serve and take care of yourself. And finally, another way that we can try to really practice self-compassion is learning to cultivate acceptance of ourselves and our situation despite the many, many flaws that are happening. You know, just because you accept something doesn't mean that you like it. You know, that not only goes for like specific attributes about ourselves, like just accepting like, I'm just going to accept that I'm going to be at this weight because no matter how hard I try, I can never seem to lose another pound or You know, I'm just going to accept that I have a big nose or I'm going to accept that I have straight hair and I want curly hair or vice versa. You know, and that's accepting situations too, right? Like learning to accept the caregiving role instead of constantly fighting against it. Like how long can you fight against the fact that you're a caregiver instead of just learning to accept it and better learning how to deal with it and adapt to it and hold out hope and manage it better on the day-to-day. You know, I think that having acceptance for the kind of people that we are, you know, I I admitted that I'm controlling. I admitted that I am the queen of self-sabotage. And I accept those things about myself. It doesn't make them right. It doesn't play well into my self-compassion. But I accept those things about myself. It took me a really freaking long time. But I eventually had to learn to accept that I was a caregiver, to accept that for some unbeknown, God-forsaken reason, I was put in this situation at a young age, right? And it's like, now that I'm out of caregiving, I can look back and I can kind of understand why I had to go through it. I mean, obviously, there's still so many questions as to why, 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 why. But I had to just let it go and I had to accept my caregiving role. And learning to accept it was also a way of me showing self-compassion for my situation, self-compassion for what I was going through on a daily basis, and self-compassion for what I needed to do to help myself get through the care journey, to help myself get through the day-to-day, to help get my mind in a place where I accepted my role as a caregiver. doesn't mean that I liked it. It didn't mean that I wanted to do it every day, but I accepted it, right? And I think that's the biggest form of self-compassion that you can give yourself as a caregiver. Accept where you are. Accept that you don't necessarily like where you are and that you don't want to be where you are. Accept that your life is not the same. I mean, that's like a no-brainer. You're like, yeah, Adrian, of course my life's not the same. But it's the acceptance and acknowledgement of that. But it's also the acceptance and the acknowledgement and the hope that this isn't forever, that things will change one day, that this piece of your life story is not your whole life story, and that even though right now life is hell, life sucks, you've had to put everything on hold, your entire world has been turned around, whether you're caring for a spouse, a parent, a grandparent, a sibling, a child, right? But have some self-compassion. Have some self-compassion for yourself on the toughest days. Have some self-compassion for yourself when you don't do it right or you don't have the energy to fight the fight or you don't have the energy to check off 
the million and one things on your caregiver to-do list. You know what? That's okay. Because you've got to put yourself first sometimes. You've got to say, like, that's okay. I didn't show up today the way that I intended to show up for my caree. I didn't show up the way today I intended to show up for myself as a caregiver. But you know what? Tomorrow's another day. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. And today, instead of getting angry at myself, instead of beating myself up over what should have been, what I should have done, what I could have done, I am just going to take three steps back and I'm going to say, it's all right, Adrian. You did a good job. You did the best that you could today. You're doing a great job. Continue to hold out hope. Continue to keep fighting the fight and continue to experience self-compassion for yourself as much as you need to, to get yourself through this care journey. So I hope that if you took anything from this episode, it's learning to weave self-compassion into little pockets of your life as you go through your care journey. It's learning that it's okay to not be an A-plus caregiver. It doesn't mean that you love your loved one any less. It doesn't mean that you still don't strive to be the best caregiver that you can be, but it means that I'm willing to drop two grades to a C caregiver to an average caregiver so that I can continue to have self-compassion for myself, so that I do not completely unravel as I go through this journey, so that I can maintain a sense of self, so I can try to maintain a sense of sanity as we go through this roller coaster of a care journey. So thank you so much again for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you right back here for next week's episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Young Life Interrupted. Be sure to subscribe to the show, and while you are there, leave a rating and review. I read each and every one and love hearing from you. And if you're ready to connect with your tribe of fellow young caregivers who can do for you what friends and family just can't and fully get what you're going through, come join us over in the Young Life Interrupted group on Facebook. See you here again next week. Until then, keep finding those silver linings and celebrate the small wins.